Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. And Walker Show Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. We're with you from 12 until 3 p.m. and then we'll hand it over to Kyle Bailey along with Smoke Ludwig. You can text us 704-570-9610. That's the Garage Door Guru text line. I'm with my guys Josh Fitty Marlowe, Wes Bryant, and it's me, Walker Mail, coming into the studio a little bit later after coming in and hanging out with Jeff and Colin for a little bit because I went to the break room. Got to get the snacks on deck. Got to get my drink ready to go. And I will say this. Every time I go in there now, I feel like there is a display of food on the back table. And I never know whether it's okay for us to go get or whether we're stealing from the TV people. It feels like there is the anchorman groups of people that are ready to bring their weapon of choice to a fight. And the TV people, they have Panera over there. I don't... It's not anything that I'm diving for, trying to fight for, but it still would be nice to have a little something. And I don't know if that's okay for us. Fiddy, do you know if that Panera is for us or not, or do we need to leave that be? I do not have any intel, but I will send my minion down there to figure out who that food is for. But I have to tell you, even if it's for us to eat, I don't like it because Panera is highly overrated and I deserve better. I will say Panera, it does remind me of high-end cafeteria food. I like Panera. Panera's fine, but it's just high-end cafeteria food. Cafeteria food's not bad. I thought high-end cafeteria food was the K&W cafeteria. No, the good old K&W. What about the J&S? Do you guys know anything about the J&S? Throwback Queen City. I know the text lines might light up when I bring up Morrison's. They used to be in East Lamar. It was just like a K&W. I don't remember Morrison's. You're not an OG. Yeah, Yeah, Morrison's. Me and my mom used to eat in there all the time. You're the OG. Man, (laughs) but, but, but when I was a kid and I was chubby, as we've mentioned a couple of times, Going to KNW or JNS cafeteria, it's something that I could eat once, not go back for seconds, and actually be somewhat full. So I loved going to the cafeteria. They'd have that big chocolate pie at the end. Oh, oh yeah, man. they put the desserts at the end. I used to get the uh, the Salisbury steak. Yeah, the Salisbury steak was good, yeah. but they they would have like grilled chicken, yeah, and then they'd, they'd have, have a lot all of all sorts of stuff. Yeah. I, I love the cafeteria. They'd have like a combo. It'd be like meat, two vegetables, bread for whatever. So the problem with Panera, it's not that it's it's bad. It's just it's like cafeteria food, but you also don't get nearly as much. And so yeah. it's it's not any place that I'm really going to like that. The other food thing I'm going to talk about just real quickly is the fact that you're drinking Pedialyte. It, <laughs> it, 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 it's the first time I've ever seen you drink Pedialyte. Are you not hungover? Just for kids. No, man, it's it's my body's dehydrated because of what's been going on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to get into specifics because the. Listeners don't need to hear that. They'd be grossed out. But because my body's been dehydrated, Pedialyte is the answer to help me. I think you got drunk last night. No, not at all. I think you partied. I haven't had liquor in a while. I have an occasional glass of wine, but I haven't had liquor in a while. Yeah, I've only, I can tell you right now, the only time I have ever consumed Pedialyte is when I have been hungover and I needed something the next day. That's the only thing. That's the only time I've ever tried it. 
No, I had Gatorade, so you know. Gatorade is the other go-to for sure, but Pedialyte, it's something yeah, they where... they said pe- that's the best. Yeah, somebody did write into the text line, 704-570-9610. Morrison's was fire. That's Steve from Salisbury. Yo, that's what I'm saying. They yeah. know about it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, David, not a Duke fan, said that Panera is too bougie for Fitty. It is for me, too. So somebody identifies with you, Fitty, for not really wanting to go to Panera. I used to like to go there. They used to have a good uh, barbecue chicken flatbread, and then I would get that chicken noodle soup. Well, they have an efficient ordering system because they were the first ones at least in my opinion to really introduce the kiosk on uh where there was a lot of them there where you didn't have to just wait in line so much you could go to the kiosk and so that's what i'll give panera a shout out for being an innovator of the ordering system okay and so yeah and plus it's free food man of course i'm gonna go eat eat panera if that's what it is you're welcome to i know we always like i said i know you're not privy to those but you know we privy to what in my area we always get the emails that tells us to come and get whatever they have out there what, what do you mean? I'm not privy to what? You said the that you, yeah, you oh, told me last people. time you said I don't get those. Yeah, well, what, what we I, do. Well, yeah, because I guess you are a part of the TV group. Now you're radio and TV. You are the one that can connect both sides. And so I appreciate that. All Bo right. Ja- Bo Jackson. <laughs> are, are you talking with saltine crackers in your mouth right now? <laughs> But that's what we blame Fitty for. And now here you are eating saltines and then still trying to give some taste. I think that would tell everybody all they need to know. Yeah. The fact that I'm eating saltine crackers and drinking Pedialyte. All right. Delvis the Rock said, all, uh, said wow. Wes brought up Morrison's all caps. Dang, you took man, it that's back. That's a throwback. Nostalgic man, My mom Charlotte. used to go there like a couple. We would go there at least once a month and eat there at East Lamar, man. I, I would I would have tried it, but I'm not the OG that you are. I'm not the TV person that you are either. All right, we're pulling up to the scene. We got our saltine crackers. We got our Pedialyte. We got our Bang Energy drink. It's time to get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Baker Mayfield officially has a new home, and it is not with West's San Francisco 49ers. Thank the the Lord. L.A. Rams have claimed Baker Mayfield off waivers. They were the only team to put a claim in. I don't know if San Francisco would have done it, even if they thought they could have had a shot at him anyway, but the Rams were another team we brought up. It was going to be one of those teams out West. San Francisco down Jimmy Garoppolo. They did sign Josh Johnson again. They have Brock Purdy, who played well at the end of their most recent win against Miami. Would they take a shot at Baker? Turns out the Rams didn't even allow them to do so if they wanted to. The Rams were ahead on the order, and they claim Baker Mayfield because they're quarterback needy as well with Matthew Stafford on IR. Baker Mayfield says there's a shot that he can play. The Rams say that there are there is a shot Baker could play as soon as this weekend. I don't see it. It's just so hard to learn an offense not even a week before the game you're about to right. play. So I don't think Baker will play. I do think he does start because Matthew Stafford is ex- expected to miss more games than what is going to happen this weekend. I just don't expect much from Baker whenever he does suit up for the Rams. I don't either. I mean, it would be Baker-like for him to think that maybe he can play, but no, he's not going to be able to get it this fast. If Even if he does, it would be in a very limited capacity. 704 number wrote in. Rams just got the steal of the 2017 draft. Yes. <laughs> (laughs) the number one overall pick from the 2017 draft. Here's my question I want to explore a little about Baker. I don't think it was coincidental that San Francisco needed a quarterback. That just so happened to be the time Baker Mayfield decided to ask for a release. Did he want this to be a marriage with San Francisco, but instead it was the Rams swooping in? 
That's what I want to know about It sure Baker. seems that way. It looks to be. You know, he thought that maybe San Francisco would be desperate enough. And right. We'll never find out, even though I don't think that they would have been. But at this point, we'll never find out. To your point, look, just I was going off of reports. Of, of course, it made a lot of sense because they needed a QB. But at the end, as a day or two went on, Kyle Shanahan said, I, I mean, maybe we'll look into it, but it would be a surprise to me right now. Adam Schefter said there was no certainty that San Francisco was going to put in a claim if they thought they could get Baker. So maybe that was just all assumption based off of people where, yeah, there was a possibility, but it wasn't going to happen anyway. And Baker Mayfield, he'll be playing for the Rams. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in the next segment. I also want to talk about LaMelo Ball. Still injured, still not suiting up for the Charlotte Hornets. Rod Boone joined the Lockdown Hornets podcast yesterday. You can catch it on all podcasts. That's right, get that plug in. On YouTube, anywhere you get your podcast, Walker Mail, Doug Branson hosted. <laughs> but when we were talking about LaMelo Ball's injury, Rod Boone pretty much confirmed that this is up to LaMelo. L- whenever he comes back, it's going to be when LaMelo feels close or right at 100% as much as possible. And when that happens, he'll suit up for the Charlotte Hornets. I think it's interesting because we had kind of talked about where is this coming from? There were some thoughts out there that Charlotte was being way too careful with their franchise player. The first injury that he suffered, they didn't want to bring him back too soon. Are they being way too careful? Should they just allow him to play? Or is this LaMelo deciding to sit out himself? And then you had the whole tanking angles come in. Maybe they're holding out LaMelo because they want to lose these basketball games in the woeful for Wimby sweepstakes. But this is on LaMelo right now. What do you make of the confirmation kind of that we're getting from really the number one Hornets insider, Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer? Or. Or. Oh, I like it. Or. Talk to me. Could. LaMelo B, we know what Gordon Hayward's wife said about the Hornets rushing guys back, forcing them to play maybe before they're ready. Could LaMelo be being a little spiteful and saying, well, maybe you forced me back too quick last time. I got hurt this time, so this time I'm going to sit out as long as I damn well please. Oh, I love a good reckless speculation game. We yeah, have a soundbite for that maybe. on Lockdown Hornets. <laughs> I think we need a soundbite for just pure reckless speculation. Maybe. And you're not the only one to bring that up. You know, 704 number wrote in, well, Hayward, Hayward's wife put the team on blast and told the team, told him the team doesn't care about him. So, of course, you know, it's going to be now the team giving the power to the players and letting LaMelo decide. I was talking about this with Jeff right before we started the show today. Man, this is the play, though. If you're the team, you let LaMelo decide when he wants to come back because it doesn't end well if you force anybody's hand in this situation. If you force LaMelo to come back, then he could be re-injured, which, yeah, a little bit of a fluke injury stepping on a person's foot that was watching courtside, but still, same ankle that got re-injured. Or if LaMelo's not feeling like he's ready to come back and then you're at odds with the team, then it could end up way down the line. We're not close to that yet, but way down the line, you have a Kawhi Leonard situation on your hands. Mm -hmm. Kawhi wants to leave the team so badly that you have to agree to this trade that's not all that great. And Kawhi wins a chip for a different franchise. Like you don't want any of those things happening. So Charlotte, especially with the situation Charlotte's in right now, There are some even benefits for LaMelo to just sit this thing back and become 100% healthy. But that's exactly what it should be. Wait until he is fully ready to go before LaMelo comes back. And as long as he feels good doing so, that's the time you allow
allow him to see the court again. Yeah, and if they can, you know, manage to scrounge together some wins, then maybe that'll make it that much better when he does come back. So we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Just another storyline and a long line of them for the Hornets this year. Big Spence writing in. Walker Houston and Detroit both won this week. That helps us out in the Wimby sweepstakes. So let's keep it going tonight at the Barclays Center. Great show, guys. He also predicts the Nets are going to win 145-77. to Wow. So doubling up, literally doubling up plus one on the Charlotte Hornets. I hope they don't get embarrassed. How do you think coaches would sound after a beating like that? Steve Clifford would sound exactly like he sounded the last time we heard from him. He I sounds, think it'd be even worse. He sounds pretty defeated right now. So I also want to play a matchmaker game. We're going to decide where some of the ACC QBs will end up in the transfer portal. DJU decided to transfer. Brandon Armstrong, Devin Leary will play matchmaker at the end of the show. Basically, 220 is when we'll talk about that and pick some of these colleges that would make the most sense for some of these guys. Here's Chip Patterson on the Kyle Bailey show yesterday talking about the transfer portal. I do not envy the personnel directors and the college coaching staffs right now for those different levels. And, oh, yeah, you're also trying to prepare for a bowl game, manage NFL draft decisions, and if you're in the playoff, try to go compete for a national championship. It's just that is that is a whole lot to do when you're already just taxed and worn out from the season as it was. I can't speak to what that means for the sport as a whole because I still think it's too early for us to know. But what I can say is that the the coaching staff that are trying to manage all of these different things all at the same time, at this point in the year, they are they are being overworked. So that is it is a crisis for sleeping hours for coaching staffs across the country. Wes has a stank face, and I share that with you. It's true. Yeah. I bet it's really hard for coaches. It I is. It's hard. I, I just but, don't I care. mean, good Lord, with the money that they make over work stuff. I just don't care. Yeah. Right? I mean, that, be it, all right. but it's, it's true, right? Like, nobody is doubting that it's easier or harder for the coaches. No, it's absolutely harder for the coaches to have to deal with the transfer portal. Just because Will Healy coached my alma mater, the Charlotte 49ers, I would hear from him more often than any other coach. And he always emphasized the fact that you have to recruit your own guys on your own team every single year, rather than just trying to recruit guys coming out of high school and elsewhere in the transfer portal. You were talking to your own guys on your squad, trying to keep them. And yeah, it's hard. No doubt about it. They are more than fairly compensated for said hard job. They have the freedom as well. And so I'm cool with it. It actually adds a different angle here to coaching prowess and how good you can be. I like there being another area that you have to be good at if you're a coach that either exploits you or benefits you as a leader of young men in college football. So I'm cool with all of it. Yeah, and I I said on uh, Jeff's show the other day, I said it's going to make these coaches start to act right with these recruits. You can't just get a guy now and just bring him in and treat him any old kind of way because you quote-unquote got him. You know what I'm saying? You have to keep recruiting. It's like with your lady, man. You got to keep dating them. You can't just get complacent, you know? So these coaches, they can't get complacent with their players because they know that these guys can go and move anywhere and and move about how they want to now. Before we move on, Fiddy was shaking his head vigorously. What were you shaking your head about? I didn't see it. Uh, First off, I didn't realize that my two hosts had no sympathy for hardworking college football coaches that are cultivating a culture where they are <laughs> leaders of men. Mm-hmm. Can we find a new cliche to refer to coaches oh, as? I said that in jest. Yes, it's hilarious. Like, yeah, I, I did not so mean that. It was hilarious sick jest. and hearing that crap. Uh, same. It's because th- how many of these coaches are, are, are generating or creating great leaders of men? Not many. 
So let's find another term to refer to these guys as. They are coaches. No, you and I shared the exact same view on that. I well, was making that in jest and doing the sarcastic thing. You know who first really cultivated that statement, right? Is it Dabo? No. It sounds like a Dabo thing. What's your major? It was Coach K back in the 2005 <laughs> NCAA tournament. While he had a commercial running during the tournament, I don't consider my coach. I consider myself a leader. Yeah, that's where we triggered you. I figured it would be something Coach K. Um, But I agree. No, I I do want to get rid of that as well. And by the way, Copeland wrote in, how is 177-145 doubling up? No, it was 77-145. 77-play, that's 144, if I'm not mistaken. And then that's how you double it up. Just wanted to make sure everybody was clear. I'm not very good at math, but I'm not that dumb. It's the Weston Walker (laughs) Show. We'll talk about Baker Mayfield getting claimed off of Weston. Do you think this is what Baker wanted when he requested that release? It's Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Fitty is all kinds of wrong, man. I it is. I, mm, well, I'm, hang on, I'm, hang on, I'm hang on, hang on. No, no, I'm not taking the fall for this one. It was. It was Wes who took us down the road we ended up going on. No, you're right. You're right. I just went ahead and, and, and crashed the vehicle into the tree. Yeah, I'm not did. getting the full blame. I, I'll take that, it. I'll take fine. some of that. No, that's fine. That's fine. I'm dying right now. I'm not <laughs> I'm not completely out of the woods on this sickness yet. And so you guys brought it. I was doing fine. Yesterday I was okay. You brought it deep within me somehow with the conversation we were having. But the thing you said at the end was wild, though. Like, I, I mean, I was absolutely done. Yeah, y'all are y'all are crazy. Y'all are nuts, man. <laughs> 704-570-9610. That is the number for the Garage Door Guru text line. Oh. I'm kind of struggling right now because of <laughs> the way my throat's acting up. But I will have to say, I'm getting roasted on the text line. And and you know what? I'm gonna ha- gonna have to take defeat on this one because they're absolutely right. Everybody, I was I was trying to do the whole double up thing. When somebody said the Hornets are going to lose 145 to 77, I was like, well, that's doubling up on the Hornets. When in fact, it's not. There's still, yeah, I'll take it. There's still a little bit more. And then I said, I'm not that stupid to just add insult to my own injury. And then somebody wrote in, well, you're actually hurting your Charlotte degree. And in my head, I thought it was doubling. I was like, actually more, you know, there's actually going to be more. But then I did the math again. You know, on radio, you got to be perfect, man. I know you do. Well, I (laughs) look, I don't know know how I got this job then. (laughs) I, mean, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have gotten it. Perfection stands fifteen feet away from you. Just, just do every, do everything that I do, and mm. then you will reach perfection. I need to learn. <laughs> I have so much more to learn. Young about, grasshopper. About perfection from one Josh Fitty Marlowe. Feel free to text us, roast us. I deserve it today. Seven zero four. 5709610 Baker was far from perfect with the Carolina Panthers. We all know that. He wasn't even close to it. Posting a worst QBR of any starting quarterback in the National Football League this year during his time with the Carolina Panthers. Now, it's funny because I was watching ESPN, I was watching NFL Live, Marcus Spears, all that that entire crew, and they were discussing Brock Purdy the Iowa State Mr. Irrelevant draft pick for the San Francisco 49ers. He comes in to a pretty perfect situation for a rookie QB to come into, right? Mm -hmm. Because that offense was already built for the quarterback to do less. That offense was already built for the quarterback to not have to do all that much. Just get it into the hands of Christian McCaffrey. You know, be protected by the best left tackle in the game in Trent Williams. Get it into Debo Samuel's hands. Let Jawan Jennings run over somebody. 
Like, that's exactly what that offense was built to do. Oh, yeah? And just have one of the better play callers in all the NFL be the guy calling the plays for you. Yeah. So Brock Purdy has a real shot to succeed. You have to wonder if Baker Mayfield, having maybe still somewhat of an ego, because that just might be in there for a number one overall pick that thought he deserved better with Cleveland and wasn't seeing any starts with Carolina. You see Jimmy Garoppolo go down. Well, they have to want me over Mr. Irrelevant, right? Like, I, this can't be what Baker Mayfield wanted. Now, the Rams, still a decent shot because you're with Sean McVay, but the offensive line has been terrible, terrible. with the Rams this year. They don't have any skill positions. Cooper Cup got hurt. Allen Robinson has not been anything which you thought he would be, even with all of the Odell drama, which I know you're sick and tired of. Jeff Rickard is sick and tired of Odell Beckham Jr., but he was good last year when he came into the playoffs before he got hurt in the Super Bowl. He won Cooper Cup, but he didn't need to be. You don't even have Odell anymore. It's going to be rough for Baker to go to the Rams and even showcase any type of skill set because you had a better offensive line in Carolina. You probably had a better a better group of skill positions than the Rams right now with Cooper cup uh, out. You don't have a better offensive play caller. Sean McVay is still better. This can't be what Baker asked for though. Not to mention going into what will probably be a worse locker room. When you see how some of those guys behave, you're talking about Jalen Ramsey and some of those guys who will say exactly what is on their mind. So, you know, that's such a good point. He comes out there and starts messing up in practice. Jalen Ramsey and the rest of the crew will definitely tell him about it. But also you're looking at, you know, you wouldn't want to go from a either a bad situation to worse, which it seems like the Panthers, I can't say they're fully bad because they've started to turn the corner a little bit under Coach Wilkes. But, I mean, PFF has this Rams offensive line rated 31st in the league, and they're so tied bad. for second overall as far as sacks a lot. They've given up 42 sacks, and we're talking about a guy who was getting sacked a lot from a pretty above-average line yeah. here in Carolina. So you know that that's probably going to get worse. Also, coupling that with the fact that he's not going to have a grasp on the offense. So mm-hmm. it's not looking good for Baker. And I saw our lads on the depth chart have Baker number one. So it looks like he probably will play tonight. A 704 number wrote in. Did you all see the stat about Baker Mayfield's QBR? We did. We talked about that yesterday. Yeah. But the stat he's referring to is that the only quarterback to post a lower QBR in a season is Jimmy Clausen. And that's going all the way back to when they started recording QBR for ESPN. It's it's hard to describe just how bad Baker Mayfield was here in Carolina, but maybe that stat is the one that does it, that Jimmy Clausen is the only QB in the NFL ever since QBR existed to post something that low. And you're right. I, I, I'll ask you this, too, because we had this question before Matt Rule started coming out and talking crazy about his time with the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. I think we were asking just how much Panthers fans would hate Matt Rule and want him to fail wherever he went. I think you have that conversation before the media car wash and after the media car wash. Mm -hmm. Before it, I think most fans were ready to move on and say, hey, go back to college football. Be successful there. Cool. You weren't great with us. It was kind of a joke, but I'm ready to move on. You overall seemed like a decent enough guy. Now, I don't think Panthers fans really want Matt Rule to be all that successful based off of what he said afterwards. What about Baker? Because I think the aftermath with Baker Mayfield, it was a pretty clean breakup. Not that ugly. Mm-hmm. Baker decided that he wanted to leave. It's not like the Panthers fans were going to say, oh, no, wait, come back. <laughs> Scott Fitter was like, oh, no, are you sure we really want you? No, there was none of that. 
So it was a pretty clean breakup. Besides some testiness every now and then from Baker to the media, when Joe Person asked Baker, is there any drill you can work on not having your passes batted down at the line of scrimmage? And he said, I don't know. You have anything? Let me know. A little testiness. But other than that, with a guy that ki- that has that kind of fiery personality, I it wasn't that bad here in Carolina. A couple of moments here and there, but overall, I think the tenure pretty much clean breakup and I wish Baker all the success in the world. I don't expect it to happen, but I don't have that kind of hate for Baker as you might have for Matt Rule right now. What say you? Um no, no hate for him, but you would as a Panthers fan, I'm sure be pretty upset if he went somewhere else and all of a sudden <laughs> had a turnaround and started to play good football because you're going to be like, well, why couldn't you do that here? So I think that I don't think Panther fans wish him success uh, at this point because then for those Panther fans out there that that fancy themselves a quarterback away, they're going to say, well, had he done this for us, we'd be sitting in a better position. Yeah, I mean, you don't – I understand that. Like, I don't think Baker is going to have this – renaissance right. of being a fantastic QB. No Geno Smith. Yeah, but but there's but maybe he can get back to average. Uh let's go to just some random question in the Garage Door Guru text line. 704-570-9610. Does it know if you've been asked this before, but a three three six number writes in. I'm sure Wes has spoken on it, but what's your opinion on Icky so far? Do you think he has potential to be one of the top maybe five he says top three left tackles in the nfl but is there a potential maybe for top three top five or at least to be a franchise guy yeah i think he has that type of potential for sure i mean he's going to continue to grow he's going to continue to get better we've seen the pass blocking be at you know big time levels it's just you know he's got to get that run blocking down as far as just you know, from what I see, sometimes I think that the game is just moving fast for him in every position you come into on the NFL. You know, you hear a lot of players say that, and especially for tackles, I think sometimes when he's lining up those blocks, you know, guys are moving a little bit quicker, better technique, better coach than some of the guys he faced in college. So I think that makes it a little bit tougher on him sometimes. And sometimes I see he might play a little high or. Uh, you know, just not have those blocks lined up. But to answer your question, yeah, I think Icky does have uh, that type of potential to be a top five, top ten left tackle. You know, we we go back to GMs missing on quarterbacks and that being the reason that a GM might have his job called for. But this was a pretty huge pick for Scott Fitterer to get right. When you go back to the first round selection process last year yeah, and you see Icky Kwanu, Charles Cross and Evan Neal, all available. It was the perfect scenario. All those guys were available. And you chose Icky. It looks like the early returns on that is is pretty good right now. Yeah, and the fact that, you know, Icky was in the mix to be the number one overall pick at certain points uh, during that job process. Higher a lot than of six, people were that's talking for sure. about that. Yeah, a lot of people were saying that. So the value was great, even where the Panthers were picking. The value was great in what they got. Listen, I covered this guy a ton, cut up a lot of his tape for the ACCDN that you can watch on all platforms. Plug. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I thought his size was tremendous, but I thought his footwork and athleticism uh, was tremendous. I mean, that's where you hit the holy grail with a left tackle is when you get a guy that's got the size that is six four six five, that is three thirty, that does have those feet and has that athleticism. I mean, he's had some. You know, one play I remembered was when they played Virginia, and um, Bam Knight had the run to where uh, Icky. You know, he had to get up on the second level, and he made multiple blocks on that run. And I think he scored from. Um, 
It was probably 30 some odd yards out. So, you know, that play right there was like, yeah, I was like, Icky got it. If he if he goes in the league and really works, he'll he'll be able to knock it out. Bam Knight had a uh, I think he had a hundred yard game or just below that on Sunday too for the NC State faithful. Out. There you go. Yeah, so a couple of NC State guys in in the good <laughs> yeah, graces here. Jets. But yeah, I think Icky Kwanu does have that type of potential. Um, and we'll go back to the whole Baker Mayfield thing. Just people writing in, do you wish success for Baker? Or is it kind of like Matt Rule where you don't want to see either one of them have success going forward? Andy wrote in, I wish Baker all the success in the world, all caps, quote, for draft position purposes. But for real, would love to see Matt Rule fail. <laughs> if it weren't for Phil Snow, who I really liked. So Matt Rule... Not exactly somebody people are pulling for. Baker Mayfield might be a little bit different. Um, Jackson wrote in about Baker. Why would you be mad at Baker for doing a good job later on? You should be mad at Ben McAdoo for not coaching him right. It's the play calling that did not allow Baker Mayfield to be all that good. Yeah, that's the thing, man. I'm not saying Ben McAdoo is this great offensive coordinator. You just can't blame him for Baker's lack of success. You have clean pockets and you're making horrible throws on a regular basis. Like, no. Uh, Cam tweets things, said, don't forget about Icky's long arms. I imagine that's a shot at Matt Rule for constantly talking about Brady Christensen's short arms. And that's why you <laughs> wouldn't put him at left tackle. Instead, you viewed him as a guard. And so Brady Christensen playing well this year, you know, playing very well as an offensive lineman, a starter for this Carolina Panthers team. So you can feel free to text in once again, the garage door guru text line 704-570-9610. Real quickly, just a, a quick rapid fire question who do you think starts more games the rest of their nfl career baker mayfield or sam Darnold? sam Darnold. uh i think baker just is coming into a situation of desperation and once you know if the rams are healthy he's going to be nowhere to be found on that depth chart um but sam you know he's gonna get to see a fair share amount of reps down the stretch for the panthers yeah i just if maybe if it was for san francisco i might believe in the system enough for baker mayfield to do okay just because i believe that i I think that highly of shanahan the offensive line good enough the weapons around him maybe there could be some competent enough play but going with the rams i don't expect baker to prove all that much I do think there are some ways Sam Darnold can show you a couple things here and there the rest of the way. I'll go with Sam Darnold. Do you agree? Fitty, do you think it's Sam starting more games the rest of their NFL career? I think so because I think Sam Darnold will start every game the rest of this season barring an injury. And I really think that if he's adequate enough down the stretch and leads Carolina to two wins, hell, maybe even three, We've got to start start considering Sam Darnold being this team's starting quarterback next year on a one-year deal basis. All right, that is a good tease for something we can talk about later on in the show. That is the station himself coming in with some good host responsibilities. Let's kick it right back to him, go to the first Fitty Flash of the day. Flash is Fitty. All right, guys. <laughs> well, guy that flashed here during his time with the Carolina Panthers was uh, Cam Newton. Arguably the face of the Carolina Panthers, the greatest Panther maybe in all-time franchise history. And he was on the famous, very popular I Am an Athlete podcast. And here's what he had to say about the current state of quarterbacks in the NFC South. We had a legendary moment on the show where he said, I ain't 32. It ain't 32. Right. Still. Right. <laughs> yeah. Y'all got one in this city that ain't better than me. <laughs> <laughs> 
so, 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 so 18 months ago, 24 months ago, we had this conversation. He said they ain't 32. So what's the number right now? Man, one thing about it, bro. God has blessed me. See, I tried to get him. Look, look, look. No. I tried to get him. Hey, that's not political. Hey, listen. Cam, what y'all just saw, Youngin, I, Mr. I Football Guru, what y'all just saw is Cam Newton going to... <laughs> Boom. You seen it. Boom. Boom. That, <laughs> that was a uh, college graduate Cam giving you that dance. <laughs> now, if I want to give you the college part, Elsa, <laughs> it ain't a motherfucker. Really? <laughs> like, I mean, shit, we can say the whole NFC South, damn, because shit. I'm sorry. Let me stop. I love everything I just heard. Every single thing. I love, do you want a college degree answer or a college park answer? That is my favorite thing I've ever heard, and I want to implement that that segment somehow into the show. Did you watch that episode of I Am Athlete? Uh, I watched when he was on there in studio. That must have been like an I Am Athlete Tonight or something like that. I watched when he was there with them on a normal setting. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, to me, it's typical Cam just saying stuff, and then he's going to come out and look crazy like when he did the I'm back, and we know where it went from there when he did the oh, I'm I love back. the I'm back moment, I though. know, but then At it went to— At least for the to, game. At least for that game. And he was he was fine against Washington, then it went bad after yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I'm th- Cam it, just has a tendency to stick his foot in his mouth. All right, we'll be back. Coming up next, Wes and Walker, <laughs> Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. Colin coming in, I think maybe to make fun of me for my math mishap a little bit earlier in the show. It's not my finest moment. I said the worst part about it is when I said the doubling up thing. I said, I'm not very smart, but I'm not that stupid. But I was. I was that stupid. That and I, and I tried to get people off of the scent of my stupidity, but it just didn't work out for me. So you can continue to roast me or anybody really if you want to. Seven oh four five seven oh ninety six ten. That is the garage door guru text line. It's time now to visit the campus corner and talk a little college hoops. We did see Duke get the win last night over Iowa. They were able to win that game in the Jimmy V Classic. Duke looking pretty good right now. John Shire has these guys playing some good basketball. Basketball early on in his uh, in his new stint as the Duke basketball head coach, 74 to 62, 15th ranked Duke beat Iowa. What'd you make of Duke's performance last night, Wes? Uh, you know, I thought it was a solid performance. I didn't expect much out of Iowa. I know they have a decent basketball team, but I didn't expect uh, them to provide a ton of a challenge. Uh, for Duke, just still looking for uh, those guys to step up and be the dynamic playmakers, see if they're going to have some difference makers or if they are going to continue to be a team that is the sum of its parts. Jeremy Roach had 22 points. Uh, Filipowski still did Filipowski things, even though he did not shoot well from the floor. And then you got 17 from young Mark Mitchell. He was attacking the basket relentlessly. Derek Lively still looking to see a little bit more out of him. 13 minutes, only two points for the top overall recruit. So that's still been kind of what I've been waiting to see with them. They shot the ball decent for, uh, from three at 35%. So, you know, they came out and had a solid performance. Yeah, Iowa's certainly not the Iowa from last year. They lost quite a bit of talent from that team. But Duke wins and 
Filipowski doesn't have the greatest shooting night. Lively only had 13 minutes and two points scored, only even a couple of rebounds. Jeremy Roach was able to put the team on his back a little bit with 22 points. Mitchell scored 17, but even Whitehead only had eight. I think if you're Duke, you love to see this team get a victory while some of these really young, talented guys have some room to grow. So it's nice to be able to win while these young guys start to develop. That's a really nice uh, way to mature. They're playing good defense. Yeah, they are. Absolutely. Here is John Shire talking about why Duke is defending so well right now. It starts when you have guards that can defend the ball, which we do. And, you know, really that one-two punch of Lively and Ryan Young in the, in the back court, I'm sorry, in the front court. You know, Ryan, I mean, he's been well coached and he's played college basketball for now five years. He knows everything he's supposed to do. And Derek, just his length, he really, forget about the blocks, just his presence down there, he really impacts a lot. And I think the length we have on the perimeter. Fiddy, can I go to you for any compliment to the start of John Shire's tenure? Do I need to go to Wes for some more confidence and uh, some more uh, compliments going that way? <laughs> no, you can come my way because as much as I hate them, I, I on this platform I do talk without my Tar Heel blinders on. What they're doing is has been very impressive. He hasn't had... He hasn't struggled as much adjusting as I think we all thought he was going to. I think he's off to a better start than Huber Davis was a month into his time. Absolutely. Last year when he was taking over for Roy Williams as John Shire now taking over officially for Coach K. And, you know, the the thing about their defense is they need to defend the way they're defending right now because their shooting isn't where you're used to seeing a Duke team shoot the ball from the outside. And, you know, I I know it's a really, uh, you know, simple and, and easy statement. The game looks different for them when the ball goes in from the perimeter. And when Jeremy Roach hit a couple threes last night, it made the game so much easier for those talented freshmen down low on the block. Well, you know what's interesting about this Duke team, too? Like, so many times I would I would often get frustrated about the annual question we would have about Duke basketball. Can their point guard match the talent level of all these other positions? The point guard is going to be so much more important as the season goes on. Can you get that from Duvall? Can you get that from Frank Mason? Well, this year, you have that from Jeremy Roach right out of the ba- right out of the gate. I mean, what Jeremy Roach is doing, 22 points, him being the guy that comes back, being a really talented basketball player, and Jeremy Roach also in the tournament last year came up big for go. them. Here we go. You're about to get a Dennis Smith treatment. <laughs> Just, oh, okay. Can I not say anything good about somebody? <laughs> I can hear it building. I was like, here we go. Jeremy Roach is a good ball I was player. like, here we go, me? Jeremy Roach, baby. What do you want me to say? I was just messing. Yeah, keep going. No, I don't want to anymore. <laughs> you, just, you just took the steam out of his engine. Goodness gracious. I just wanted to say Jeremy Roach, different than other Duke teams, the best player right now, along with Filipowski for sure. He's been yeah. very good. But usually, I just always get frustrated. It's always It always comes in as this really smart question about Duke. Can they get good point guard play? Well, they have that right now, right yeah. out of the gate. It's not something we have to wait for in the season. Yeah, and they're doing it with defense, as we said, because right now they're shooting 11th in the league in field goal percentage and 11th in three-point percentage, but they're number one in three-point field goal percentage defense, only giving up a paltry 26% from the three-point line, and they're also up there. They're fourth in field goal percentage defense. So this is going to be a gritty Duke team. 
And I think, like Fiddy said, if the ball's going in for them from three, then they're going to be hard to deal with because, they, they, you know, they, they're hitting on a lot of great areas that will serve them well down the road. All right. I can't say anything good about anybody or else I'm going to get called a yeah, homer see, here's and my comparing turn. him to Dennis Smith Jr. I was about to say, <laughs> I can't wait for you to praise all that is Tyree Appleby and his 18 points per game. Who's yeah. that? Please. Exactly. I know. But, but You'll no. know Fiddy when he dropped 30 on Carolina. And oh, lose? Yeah. Yep. Magic nah, Johnson. we beat the brakes off you last year, last time I checked. All that right. was last year, And I brother. told Armando Baycott about it, too. Yeah, let's talk about the best player. There's something written by Wes Bryant. Yes. I ask you, is Tyree Appleby the best player in the ACC so far? That's from Wes Bryant. Go ahead. Praise yeah, well, I want to I want to say that, but strength of schedule is hurting him a little bit in my eyes. Wake hadn't really played anybody. I would still go probably uh, Filipowski. I feel like Justin Mutz has been playing really good ball right now. And Terquavion Smith, even though NC State, they played Kansas, so I give him that. Terquavion Smith is a guy that nobody's talking about right now either. And you see him in a lot of first-round awesome. Yeah, he's good. But no, Tyree Appleby has been playing fantastic. He went up and dropped 30, uh, 32 on Wisconsin. And you could just see. Now, that's what worries me as a Wake fan, though, being dependent on a small guard. But right now, he's putting up, you know, career highs when you're talking about he's shooting 53% from two, 43, almost 44% from three, dishing out five assists. He's leading the ACC in assists and second in scoring. You know, we had a guy like that last year, even though he choked down the stretch of Londis Williams, who would have never known that he was a player of the year based he off choked. what he did. But he led the league in scoring and assists. So it looks like Applebee's picking up that mantle, and I'm trying to get some steam going for a little bit. I mean, he's – when you watch him in that Wisconsin game, I mean, the handle, you know, he can shoot it off the bounds. He can get to the rack. He's fearless. So I like his game. I just wonder how long he – can last playing that type of ball at his size. Well, if you think he's Magic Johnson, I'm sure he can continue what, it all what, the way. Well, you so heard a nice unbiased report right there. You know what I'm saying? I gave you the good <laughs> and the bad, whereas, you know, Walker is, you know, go ahead and put the put the bust up. Yeah, I'm just telling you, Tyree Appleby, <laughs> go ahead and stand for someone that went 3 of 13 against Clemson okay. with 8 points. Lost yeah. by 20. That's yeah, a great player for you right there. Fine. See, this is the problem. I wanted to like Tyree Appleby, but now I can't because you yeah. want to come at me for giving any kind of praise towards any <laughs> in the ACC. So, yes, Tyree Appleby, he has been very good. I don't know. I would agree. I think Filipowski, what he's been, has been extremely impressive so far. And then maybe you could even go to just Virginia as the team. It, does it look pretty easy to tell right now that Virginia is going to win the ACC championship? Is it too early to say that? Yeah. Oh, well, go ahead. Either one no, of you. No, I was just going to say real quick, I can jump in. Um, I mean, I can't count Duke out at this point because it's Duke. Yeah. It looks like Virginia and Duke, though, are going to be the class of the ACC at this moment. I'm still going to leave the door open for Carolina just a little bit, but it looks like those two are going to be the class right now. The thing about Tony Bennett is he just continues to prove just how damn good he is because they they are a limited offensive team. But when they're connected defensively, you can you can see what they're doing, and they're, they're top five in the country right now. If I had to bet money today, I'd put my money on Virginia to win the league because of how young Duke is and how inconsistent Carolina has been. And that's how the ACC should be. It should be the Blue Bloods, the premier programs running the top of the conference, and that's what it's, it's starting to get back to. All right, that'll do it for the campus corner. We'll move on to the 1 o'clock hour. I want to talk about Scott Fitterer, his role the rest of the way. Is there a chance he's fired at the end of the season, and how much control does he have over who will be the next head coach of this Carolina Panthers team? That's coming up next. Wes and Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.